you see it in all of the medical dramas. The ambulance will pull up to the back of the hospital. All of the doctors will run to the back of the ambulance. The ambulance attendants will get the person off of the ambulance and they'll roll them through the hall of the emergency room while they are describing to the doctors what's gone on. There's been an accident. There's been a shooting. Uh, there's been something going on and we don't know if this patient is going to make it. They give them the blood pressure. They give them the heartbeat. They give them the medicines that they've given them already on the way to the hospital. They roll them back to the trauma unit and the doctors begin to bark orders. Do this, give that, check this, and everybody is watching the heart monitor, and then it happens. The patient flatlines. That green dot going up and down suddenly doesn't go up and down. It just goes straight across. One of the nurses will yell, we're losing them. They'll bring out the paddles and they'll shock the patient. They'll yell at each other, and usually there's one doctor who won't give up, and finally the other doctors have to pull them off and say, it's over. There's nothing more we can do. And then they'll read off the time of death. It's an awful moment, isn't it? When your life flatlines. When you can't get the heartbeat back. When nothing you do works. Oh, it just doesn't have to be a cardiac episode, does it? Your life can flatline in all kinds of ways. It's an awful moment when you're sitting at the kitchen table and realize your marriage is flatlined. You can't get it back. When you stare out the window of the office with the box of your things on your desk and realize your career has flatlined. And you can't get it back. No heartbeat. No future, no hope, and there's no one that can fix it. Oh, did I say no one? There is one. John tells us in Revelation chapter 5, there is one who can give the heartbeat back. And he tells us about him in Revelation chapter 5. Stand with me in honor of God's word. Then I saw in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look at it. And I wept and wept because there was no one found worthy to open the scroll or even to look in it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Look, 
the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw one like a slaughtered lamb, standing in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures among the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He went and took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. And then he took the scroll, and the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one of them had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slaughtered and you purchased the people for God by your blood from every tribe and every language, every people and every nation. You made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also the living creatures and the elders. And their numbers were countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth, on the sea and everything in them say, blessing and honor, glory and power be to the one seated on the throne to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor, glory, and blessing. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. You alone, O oh Lord, can unlock the future. You alone, O oh Lord, can make it happen. So as we bring our worship and welcome you into our world, open the scrolls that open up the future for us. And we pray this in your name. What you find when you preach from the book of Revelation is that most people have never read the book of Revelation. They have read a lot of books about the book of Revelation, but never read the book. When I talked through this, this book several years ago, a friend of mine walked up to me and said, oh, I don't like Revelation. I said, why not? He said, I don't understand it. I said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. I said, right now, you can tell me of two or three things, people, situations, circumstances, that you know if they got hold of you would destroy your life. He said, well, yeah, I've got this and that going on. I said, yeah. I said, that's the dragon. That's what John is writing about. Those forces of darkness that stalk our lives, that rob us of purpose and meaning. And John has been exiled to this island of Patmos, 
put there because the Roman government thought that was the best way to, to punish a preacher. Put him in a place where he has no one to preach to. So they cut him off from his churches, cut off communication, or so they thought. But John tells us that it was the Lord's Day, and he went to church. And when he went to church on the Lord's Day, he was immediately caught up in the Spirit. And from that come seven sermons to seven different churches. The Word of God to the church, not only in those, to those churches around Ephesus, but the Word of God to churches throughout history. And as I mentioned last week, if you have been in a church long enough, you have been each of those churches at some time or another. There's a reason that there were seven churches. It's all of us. The Word of God to the church universal. The Word of God to all of us as individuals. Sooner or later, you will be Laodicea. Sooner or later, you will be Philadelphia. Sooner or later, you will be Pergamon. And when he concludes the sermons, the Spirit tells him, step up and I'll show you what must happen. And John is brought into the throne room of heaven, and he is overwhelmed. In fact, if you read the book of Revelation, on more than one occasion, John passes out. God tries to show him something, and John will pass out, and the angel next to him has to get him back up. Now, don't you know this was frustrating to God? Here, John, here's what, boom, get him up. <laughs> and as he's in the throne room, he notices a scroll. The scroll is in the right hand of God Almighty. Now, did you notice? This scroll was written on front and back. Everything that God wanted to say, everything that God wants done is complete. It's written in that scroll. There's nothing more to say, nothing more to add to it. It is completely full. John can see that. It has seven seals. Everything that is ready, everything is ready. And the only thing that needs to happen now is somebody to open those seals and the future will be unleashed. And the voice cries out, is there anyone worthy? And nobody moves. Nobody in heaven moves. Nobody on earth moves. Nobody under the earth moves. Nobody moves. You've been in those moments, haven't you? When somebody will stand up and say, we need some volunteers. And nobody moves. And John is looking at that scroll and knows what that scroll is. And yet nobody is going to open it. What happens if nobody opens that scroll? Nothing. Nothing happens. It's over. Humanity flatlines. Humanity is over. 
There's no one left to say anything. There's no one left to do anything. There's no one who can rescue us. It is over unless somebody can open that scroll. And nobody is moving. And the Revelations tells us that John wept. And he wept. Oh, don't let that fool you. This wasn't a man crying at a sad movie. This was a primal scream of anger and anguish. Have you ever heard it? I was a chaplain for the Brentwood Police Department. They would call me when something had happened. And I would knock on a family's door at two in the morning. And they would open the door and they would see me. And they would see my uniform that said chaplain. And I wouldn't say anything. And they would begin to scream. No. No, please, God, no. No, this can't be happening. No, 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 please, God, no. And they would collapse on the floor, and I would have to pick them up and get them to a chair or a couch nearby. And they wouldn't even look at me. Have you been there? When the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. When your spouse says, I'm sorry, I just don't love you anymore. When you realize that the grand plan that you had to save the world and make you rich has just crashed and burned, you're embarrassed, you're humiliated, your friends feel sorry for you. Ah, you hear them whisper, anybody could have told him that that wasn't going to work, but nobody did. flatlined. No hope. No hope of there ever being any hope. None. And John is screaming for all of us. Screaming for every parent that's had to bury a child. Screaming for every relationship that's ever been broken and lost. Screaming for all of us. No. No, dear God, please. It shouldn't be this way. And they tell him to stop crying. Why? Why? Don't you hate that? When you're crying, when you're hurt, when you're really dealing with something, and someone that walk up to you and go, stop crying. Too late. I'm already into this full cry, and I'm not going to stop it now. No, tell me why. Here's why. Because there is one. How many? One. Look again. How many? One. 
who does what? Who takes the scroll. The Father doesn't give the scroll to Jesus. Jesus takes it. Why is that important? Think about the trust that has to happen for somebody to take something from your hand. Here it is. Here's what has to happen. Here's the future. The Father has it in his hands. And Jesus takes it from him. I got this. I got this. And the seals are broken over the next chapters of Revelation. The scroll is opened over the next chapters of Revelation. Everything that God promised comes true. Everything that was supposed to happen happens. Humanity is ransomed. Humanity is saved. Humanity is given their future. The heartbeat returns. The heartbeat comes back. There is hope for this child can take the scroll. This child who was born You know what the scroll is, don't you? The scroll is you. What's written on both sides of that scroll is everything God has dreamed for you. And you know it. Maybe you can't define it. Maybe you can't say, this is exactly what I know, Mike. But you ache, don't you? Because you know life shouldn't be this way. There is something in you that knows what I'm living and what I should be living isn't the same. What I'm going through and what I should be going through is not the same. There is something in you that knows it doesn't match. There is this hunger, this ache that lets you know there is something more, that life doesn't have to be this way. That ache is the gift of God to you. That dissatisfaction is the thing that will make you get up. It's what made the prodigal son get up out of the pig pen and go back home. I don't have to live this way. I, and I know. You think you have messed up beyond all messing up. You think God has said everything there is to say about you and that your future is already decided and it's already sealed up and he's just waiting for that divine moment to hit you with that divine lightning and that's it. Uh-uh. Jesus came not to condemn you, but to rescue you. 
And what's written on that scroll is a story of hope, a story of purpose, a story of meaning, a story of joy. That's what he will open up for you. That's what he came to give you. That scroll is you. Jesus was born to give humanity its heartbeat back, its future back. And this morning he has your scroll in his hand to give you your future back, to give you heartbeat back. There is hope and there is one who can bring that future to happen and that is Jesus Christ. There is one. Is there anyone worthy? Yes. There's one, and he holds your future, and he wants more than anything this morning to give you your heartbeat back. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I don't want to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. But let's be honest. Some of you know what that flat line feels like, don't you? You know what it, what it means for there to be no hope, no one to rescue you, nobody to fix it. And now you've come to this moment of quiet, and the only thing you're aware of is how you've messed things up. But Jesus didn't come to condemn you. That's not why he was born. That's not why the Father sent him. He sent him to give you your heartbeat back. To give you your future. To open it up for you. And that begins with a little hard confession of what you've done you can't undo. What you've said you cannot unsay. But Christ... See, that passage that was slaughtered for our sins has paid that price. And now, stands before you with your scroll to open up the future for you. Now, I know I'm saying a whole lot, just a handful of words. That's why our ministers, our counselors are waiting at a table outside next steps to begin this process. Let them answer your questions. Let them help you know. I don't want you walking out of here still flatlining. Perhaps it's come be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. You come. Whatever it is, the Lord is waiting on you where you are as the church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray the choices we make are exactly what you want.